This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channelnomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changing Channels. Uh, we are going to visit a topic that we we visit frequently here in Changing Channels, which is the adoption of cloud computing, specifically cloud computing through channel partners. Now, things that we do know is that cloud is going to continue to grow through at least the next decade and, and at double digit rates. In fact, some analysts peg the cloud market will grow between 25 and 35% through 2030, 2032. Uh, why is that? It's because there's a huge amount of legacy infrastructure and resources that are still on-premise. And our friends at some of the big cloud providers say that we've only penetrated 10, maybe 15% of the addressable market, which means that we have 90 to 85% headroom to go. That's a lot of potential growth. One thing that we can't ignore, though, is the retention problem. One of the things that really keeps the cloud engine running, at least from a business perspective, in that recurring revenue stream is keeping customers engaged and renewing on the cloud services that they're buying. And a key, a key factor in renewal rates is customer experience. Now, I will tell you that the first time I heard an enterprise company talk about delighting customers, I thought they were out of their minds. I mean, it's enterprise software, enterprise infrastructure, enterprise services. Delight is not the thing that really gets customers going, right? I can't even begin to fathom say, thinking that, oh, we're making customers happy. The reality is, is that the customers want to be happy. They actually are shifting and shaping their values on their service providers and their resellers based on the totality of their engagement experience. So we thought we'd visit this topic to talk about the impact of customer experience on cloud uh, computing and cloud renewal rates with our friend, John Doucette, the Executive Director of Cloud Services for the U.S. at Ingram Micro Cloud. John, welcome back to Changing Channels. Hi, Larry. Thanks very much for having me. It's uh, great to be back. And you're on a topic today that is uh, certainly a, a personal passion of mine and I, I think critical to our business. Uh, I agree. So as people may recall, John, you were on Changing Channels, I think it was last fall when we were talking about our annual State of the Cloud report, which right. Ingram, Micro, Ingram Micro Cloud, as well as Microsoft and Google Workspace uh, underwrite for us here. Um, and you also underwrote the uh, another piece of work that we did for you, which is on the ex experiences that end users are having in purchasing clouds through the channel. Uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, it's, it's really revealing when we look at both, uh, both sets of research put together. It really is. And um, I think this is about partners in the channel listening to customers. Um, and as they listen to customers, which I know they do every day, um, and we're there helping them uh, take the voice of the customer back and drive the experience that they need. The, um, the, the why, the business case behind it, I think is what is still getting unpacked for the partners in the channel, because uh, not all of them are coming to the realization of the importance of customer adoption of the technology or customer experience. They're not all coming to that realization in the same way or at the same time. Um, and that's why I say our, you know, my organization is, is very much out there trying to help the channel partner understand and deliver better on the customer experience. Yeah. I, you know what? Let's start with that, John. Let's talk about the adoption of cloud first. And if we can sure. take a look at some of the numbers that we have on this. So 
John, in the research that we did, 47% of end users that we surveyed said that they plan to purchase more cloud products over the next 12 to 18 months. It's slightly down from the last time we did this research, but it's still a substantial amount of mm -hmm. growth, a lot of planned investment going ahead. And a third of them are starting that journey, that, that adoption of that purchasing journey through a channel partner. What do you make of this? Well, uh, first, it's uh, it's the it's the trend over the last couple of years that you've reported on that we've done research on, which is the adoption of cloud technology, right? Which is effectively this emerging model for delivering the same business outcomes, but in a, in a kind of very different uh, technical model. Um, and so that's, that's a trend that's been going on. And as you said, 47%, uh, it's it still, it, it may be down slightly. It is still a high number. It is fair to say that it is on every C CIO's uh, roadmap is how to leverage the cloud. Um, but the, the second stat there kind of speaks then to, well, who do they go to? And I think this is um, again, a body of research that will continue to evolve, which points to the importance of the solution provider, the channel partner. Um, CIOs uh, inside the end customers, they, they certainly do turn to some of the big uh, technology vendors for advice and counsel, but most of them are also smart enough to know that they're going to be getting um, a, you know, a point of view that is specific to their technology solution. And the solution providers are the agnostic, business advocates on behalf of the end customer that bring together the right solutions. So solution providers play today as an important role in helping the adoption of cloud as they ever have. Do you see the the types of services that are being sold by partners shifting? Do you see that, they're, that the, the market demand is causing them to sell more or sell different types of services? Yeah, ab absolutely. And uh, I mean, on, on your, your own podcast, you've talked about it. We'll be talking about it for years that it, it evolves in a bunch of different ways, right? One is that um, the adoption of cloud technology, um, my observation is that it also goes hand in hand with a changing uh, consumption or business model for how an end customer wants to consume the technology that requires business outcomes. So that goes through life cycles. And what's simply changing is that cloud has introduced a new business model, kind of the as a service or consumption-based model of consuming technology to get to drive an outcome. So that'll have its natural, you know, kind of uh, uh, cycles that it'll go through. But then as that happens, cloud is introducing a couple other things. One is, um, that uh, as you address uh, uh, one area of your business in the cloud, it typically drags you to then solve other things around it. I'm, I'm speaking, you know, or thinking mostly about things like security over the last couple of years. And it's, um, it's probably been spoken to many, many times, so I won't go deep, but um, the rush to using um, uh, remote uh, productivity tools, um, you know, drove a ton of adoption of cloud that then behind that was followed by uh, a wave of conversations about security and governance of those tools, et cetera. So I use that as an example of, I think what's happening in terms of adoption, which is that some of the technologies and workloads that we see moving to the cloud are just natural evolutions. Once you've solved one thing, the next thing you want to go solve uh, is probably going to be in the cloud as well. The other example is you move data sets to the cloud. Well, the next thing you want to start doing is your AI and ML on those data sets that you have in the cloud. Yeah. You know, and one of the things we learned when during the development of managed services in the 2000s 
was that when customers and people forget this, you know, because we we this has become so commonplace that managed services and cloud computing are so wide, widely accepted as the norm. Mm-hmm. We forget that there was periods when these were re, when customers were reluctant to even talk about them. And yeah. that, you know, with managed services, we saw it again with cloud services is that the once they got some experience under their belts with the service itself, they were more likely to continue to adopt more services and to build out along the adjacency lines. Yeah. I love the corollary you drew there between what we're doing with cloud and what happened with managed services 10 and 20 years ago, because I, I really do believe that that's fundamentally what's um, happening with cloud is that cloud is the convergence of two things. It's, it is different technology that's being used to execute the needed tools to, to deliver a business outcome. But at the same time, it's a business model change. The consumer, the business wants to get it as a service and the provider, the partner that's providing it has to change their business model, uh, whether they're ready or not, they have to change it to be able to deliver things as a service. So I, I think it's a, it's a great corollary. And I think this is going to segue nicely into that broader question, that topic about um, adoption, experience, success, and ultimately retention, because this is what we're then seeing is that the partners in the channel have to recognize that uh, that adoption um, momentum that you're describing, that once you've, you've tried some things, you're, you're going to do more and more in the cloud. It is so important that partners are in sync, if not ahead of that, in bringing what those next solutions are to the customer. Um, the inability to do that or not, not paying attention to that is what drives churn and and uh, and customer turnover in the cloud services business. Yeah, you know, you know, it's the thing that we also said in uh, from learning from managed services or the value of managed services that translated also in the cloud was this is recurring revenue. That yeah. it's you know that it is predictable. It's compounding. If that way you have greater transparency and anticipation of what your what your financials are going to be, which and we can see that in cloud. You know, right, right down from the big cloud service providers, they have these massive valuations. Uh, you know, you know, think about this. You said ten years ago, Microsoft didn't you know was had a you know would be a respectable market cap. But, you know, it would be amongst like the IBMs of the world. And, you know, they're all around $200 million, $200 billion or so. Today, Microsoft is like around $2 trillion. Doesn't that reflect the significance of not just capturing customers, but retaining them? Absolutely. Because if you want the recurring revenue, you have to keep that revenue coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, so, so having a recurring revenue business um, is a good thing, uh, but having it alone isn't enough really to drive valuation, let's say, right? Um, valuation comes from the ability to predict what the total lifetime value of a customer is. Well, the total lifetime value of a customer is a function then of, you know, how much, uh, how, how are you able to renew that customer's current business that they do with you and then grow the business that they do with you through the recurring recurring model. So recurring revenue is great for the predictability that it has and for the um, the financial foundation it builds for a partner that has a recurring revenue business, but it doesn't really translate until you've got the mechanisms in place to fully realize the total lifetime value of a customer that you've acquired. Um, and that's where customer experience, that's where customer success comes in. Right. So let's take a look at, at renewal rates, because this is something that is, that is, as I alluded to, is a problem. So if we can take a look at uh, some of the numbers we have here, 
41% of solution providers say that they are adding to their cost of cloud customer base by about 5% every month, but 60% are losing up to 6% of their cloud customers every month. I mean, that's practically standing still right there, isn't it? Well, it's not standing still. It's running in place. It's all yeah. this energy. It's you are you are putting out tremendous amounts of energy to go acquire customers. And that's a great thing. There's customer demand, and uh, partners that are in this business are um, are fulfilling that demand, right? Uh, but there are just as many customers uh, often leaving uh, on aggregate, right? Because there are partners, clearly channel partners, that have figured it out. They brought that number down, and um, you know, in, in the managed services business, I think this will play out as well in cloud um the the monthly churn rate um often the, the number sounds like it's a, it's a small number so many of our financial systems that we build our businesses on are based on an annualized view of a business so take six percent a month and multiply it by 12. Mm-hmm. now yeah. you like that's the amount of your business on an annual rate that's 72 percent of a, on average a partner's business that will churn in a period where they're adding about that many new customers yeah. You know, and like just to just to punctuate this, you know, it's been said almost almost like a joke or, you know, what the kids would say a meme now, uh, that the cost of acquiring a new customer is five times that of retaining a customer. Right. So if even if you if you even if you accept that as being a true number, you know, just start doing the math on that. How much are you spending to get those new customers to replace just to get you back to your start line uh, the, for the ones you're losing? That's a huge expense, a huge, over, a huge hit to profitability. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And again, um, I, 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 there are many, many partners who've actually gotten really good at uh, and efficient at capturing the customer demand. So sure, I think that there are people that can do it uh, um, more and more efficient so that it's not that kind of multiple about how much harder it is to do. And maybe sometimes we can convince ourselves that, that that's how good our sales and marketing engines are, but we're missing the point, right? Which is, um, I, I happen to believe, and I think the research points to it and certainly what my team betting or micro cloud focuses on is a, a balanced amount of effort on uh, retaining the customers that you have and maximizing the lifetime value of that customer, balancing that so that you get at least as much energy put on that as you do on going and acquiring new customers. Yeah. So I want to show another number for us here is because I think it, I think it actually points to one of the issues. You know, it says we've connected dots here on cloud adoption, cloud renewals, the recurring revenue stream to customer experience. So if we take a look at the next number, 34% of solution providers told us in our research that they only talk with their customers on an as needed basis. And so when you then look at the reasons why customers are leaving, 34% say they're lured away by a competitor. 16% 16% say that they lose them because of the expense or pricing issues associated with the services. And 9% say that they just had a poor customer, uh, a customer relationship or a customer experience. And I mean, if you think about this, if that a third of the partners are only talking to the customer on an ad needed basis, or another way of interpreting that is they're only talking to them when something's going wrong. That really does not, that does not portend to, to facilitate or cultivate a good customer experience. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I think for all the people that are tuned in today, if they go and they, they read the complete study, what it, what it'll add context to is that this is the number of people. And I think it's one of the the highest 
responses that we received was, oh, we talk on an as-needed basis, which means the response is like, I'm proactive or I'm engaged on a regular frequency, you know, or we're, we're lower percentage answers. So it's, uh, I, yeah, your, your, your point is really well taken. And as it relates to the reasons, I, I think if you, um, if you really talk to a partner and you get that, um, that level of, of nuance between the why something, you know, why a customer left and then where they left, you actually see a pretty strong correlation between the third bullet and the first bullet, right? right. Which is that if you're not delivering a good experience to your partner, and we'll talk more about that in a minute, if you're not delivering a good experience to your customer, well, that's what opens the doors to somebody else coming in and providing a better experience. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the, that's the real thing we have to recognize and internalize is that a, a customer experience is, is a full engagement. It's not ending. You know, the, the way that we used to sell product, it doesn't matter whether we're selling PCs or selling cars, the way that products were sold before on a transactional basis is that there was a beginning and an end to the sales cycle and the customer would go off and do something on their own. And then you would talk with them when they needed something new again. Those days are gone and there has to be this continuous engagement where the sales funnel, it doesn't end. In fact, um, our friends at McKinsey even say this is that the traditional sales funnel is all but dead. It's still there, but the customers, eight out of 10 customers will float in and out of that, of that traditional sales funnel randomly. Right. And so it, it's really incumbent upon sellers, whether it's a vendor or a distributor or a solution provider, to be able to meet that customer wherever they are, whenever they are. Yeah, yeah, I, we, we see exactly the same thing happening with uh, the channel partners and their customers. And I, I absolutely agree. I, I, um, I, I think that regardless of which particular model you follow, that high level point is the thing that we have to understand. Um, transactional uh, business uh, may not be dead. So to be clear, there's still a fair amount of transactional business that happens, but more and more and more of what's happening in the IT industry is is this more consumption-based or outcome-based approach to why, why an end customer buys technology. And as soon as the end customer starts moving that direction, the way that a partner delivers technology has to be able to adjust the same way an end customer's goals for their business adjust and, the, and, and what they need to accomplish. And cloud brings that in spades but what comes along with it is that uh, obligation, that burden to change the way you sell. You have to change, it's an it's a ongoing constant engagement. Um, and I, um, one of the things that we spend time uh, uh, educating partners on and helping them build is that it's also not traditional sales. To, you know, to be clear, this is probably a, a variety of different roles existing throughout the end customer's life cycle. And again, I think even in the uh, in the in the uh, state of the industry report that you know your 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 participants here can go get a copy of, they'll see in there that it's the emergence of a role like customer success manager, um, which is a role to ensure the adoption of the cloud solution actually occurs at the end customer. Yeah. And we hear a lot about the model associated with this. You know, yeah. you know some people describe it in different ways, but essentially it is land, expand, and renew. Right. And, and it's, it's really kind of that simple. It's wash, rinse, repeat. And, uh, you know, but, you know, you would think that customer success or customer service would be a critical part of that. But if we look at the next set of numbers, 
38% of the customers will, will base their consideration or will consider the quality of their solution provider relationship when making renewal decisions. And yet only 16% are investing in customer success managers as a means of improving retention rates. 55% are investing in new services, 44% are building new products, but only 16% in customer success. Do we need to, John, do we need to impress upon the partner community upon the channel that they need to be better at soft skills, that human interaction, you know, that persistent sales motion as much as they are in acquiring and deploying and operationalizing technology and services? Yeah, the short answer is yes, and we do. We have to get better at that. I I think in some ways that the these stats here, and again, there's there's always a little bit more behind the story, but I think these numbers here actually tell the running in place story a little bit, right? Because it's um it's trying to outrun in some ways the risk of, of losing a customer. So instead of trying to outrun the risk of losing a customer, just do the things to make sure that the, the, the customer, the end customer, is getting all the value out of the the solution that you're providing. So generally it's being referred to as customer success managers or customer success resources. Um, but I, I think I, I, I made this prediction on your, your earlier podcast and I'll, I'll say it again, right? Which is um, I'm going to guess that when we do the next edition of this body of research, I'd be shocked if that 16 number, uh, 16% number isn't higher. Um, and I, you know, I think that's because we hear that coming back from partners, but also if, if I'm, if I'm real fortunate, we'll take a little credit for that because it's one of the top pieces of advice that we're giving to channel partners today is build a customer. If you're going to be in the services business, build a customer success motion. Yeah. So how do you define that, John? Because I think this yeah. is one of the, one of the confusing parts for, for companies that are very much built around technology skill sets, not necessarily people skill sets, or even developing the the supporting for the use cases. So how do you define customer success in customer success management? Yeah, so so we have a, a particular model that we um, articulate out to partners. Um, and so I think it's about having a point of view. I think there are other points of views on this, but they, they have pretty common themes. So we, we believe it's a combination of three things that we have to be doing for an end customer. Um, the first thing that we have to be doing is ensuring that they get the, well, that they get the most out of the product that we've provided to them, right? And I, any cloud service, truly, whatever it is, there is a stated set of business outcomes that they're looking for, and there's a capability, a scope of capabilities in the in the cloud service that they're buying. And the number one obligation you've got is to make sure that you're surrounding them with the resources and expertise to be able to get that out of it. And very often, um, that becomes job number one of like a success manager. It's just essentially assuring adoption of the solution and the value generation that someone's looking for. The second thing that's a part of it, which is somewhat obvious, but it's it, this is the onus on um, anybody who's providing IP in this space is the product itself has to be evolving um, as in part of this equation for the, the customer. So we're very emphasized on adoption of the services that are being provided and adoption of the product that was provided. And then the third uh, leg of the stool, if you will, is the sales organization who is, instead of uh, meeting with the customer and the customer success manager on an as needed basis, 
that the sales organization is there listening for new business requirements, new outcomes that the end customer is trying to achieve and bringing new solutions to the table. This kind of gets back to your point about the fact that it's ongoing, it's constant. It's, it's not, I come visit every three years, it's that sales is always involved in it. So three legs of the stool are, you know, the product, the adoption of the, of the, of the value that's, that's been committed in the services, and that sales is an integral part of that and in introducing new solutions to the customer. When yeah. you bring those three things together, we think that that's what delivers customer success. Yeah. And you know, John, I don't want to minimize the importance of adding new services and adding right. new products to the portfolio right. because, but I do want to say that from my perspective, I think you share this one as well, that the customer will be more, more receptive to expanding their utilization of your services or adopting new services. If they've already had a good experience with you with the ones that they've, that they've been paying for, for a while. Right. Yeah. It almost sounds a little like, uh, you know, obvious, right? It, it's, I'm not so sure that, uh, um, you know, anybody's going to win a Nobel prize for saying somebody who's happy will probably buy more, but yeah, I mean, it's that's that's it, fundamental it, in that's, this it's pretty dale carnegie right yeah i mean it's like <laughs> yeah. it's uh it really is but in this case the reason those things are so tied together is because i think uh it providers all of us in this space have been used to the idea that you can wait a period of time for that value to be generated from the solution that you sold and you can't in in the cloud services business really you've got to drive adoption of it from early on and ensure that the value is being generated and then yes they'll be much more uh open to, to follow on solutions it really goes back larry to what you said i think in the opening couple of minutes of this conversation you know which is just that which is the adoption of cloud is happening because when they have a good experience having moved one or two workloads, the CIO at the end customer says, well, I like that model. It's a, it's a better financial and agility model for me. What's next? What's, what's next, Larry? What can we do next in the cloud? But if they didn't have that experience, then they're not moving that direction, or at least not with you. Yeah. So since you brought that up, what's next in the cloud, you have an event coming up where you're going to be talking about what's next in the cloud. So what's going to be happening at the uh, Ingram Micro Cloud Summit coming up in May in Miami? Yeah, so we're, we're very, very excited about being able to get back to what will be the channel's largest uh, channel dedicated uh, cloud uh, event, right? Where we're bringing together, uh, you know, hundreds of the industry's largest vendors and uh, potentially a couple thousand of the channel's uh, leading partners in providing cloud services for uh, three days of thought leadership, uh, you know, product announcements from vendors, uh, close engagement, obviously, and then uh, an opportunity to network, which we have had uh, not very many of those over the last couple of years. So yeah. Cloud Summit 2022 is happening May 17th through 19th in uh, Miami Beach. Um, and uh, registration is uh, has been open, is open now, and uh, um, love to see more partners uh, join us there um, and join the, the, the partners that are already going. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better place for it than Miami, Florida, because <laughs> nothing ever goes wrong there. So. <laughs> well, the one thing is for sure is, is that we'll be the center of attention for a couple of days. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be the ones making the headlines, I guess. I, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I mean, every, everyone on Ocean Drive will be talking about Ingram Cloud. 
right? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, John, thanks so much for joining us again here on Changing Channels. We're looking forward to continuing our relationship with Inger Micro and the great vendors that they work with to support the cloud research we're doing in the channel. And, you know, thanks to John Doucette and his team at Inger Micro Cloud to start with all this. So, John, thanks again for joining us. Larry, thank you very much. Really enjoy it. Look forward to next time. And everyone, thanks again for joining us here on Changing Channels. Technology is changing the world, and we're going to continue to track it here on this podcast. Please keep stopping in to find out more. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube, and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of, and Changing Channels is copyright by, 2112 Enterprises, LLC.